This is Venture Perspectives, the Scale Venture Partners podcast. Venture Perspectives explores the world of venture capital, showcasing diverse voices and insights from a premier venture firm active in technology and healthcare investing. I'd say that the two largest challenges we have as healthcare investors, and they're not necessarily unrelated, um, are capital intensity or capital efficiency, and also regulatory and reimbursement hurdles. That's Lou Bach, Managing Director at Scale Venture Partners, who's been very successful and is investing in emerging biopharmaceutical device and platform technology companies. I'm Jennifer Jones. Join me as I interview Lou about what works best in venture capital and what makes a good investment. Great management teams and uh, unmet markets are what make for great investing, and that's not always easy to find, but uh, those are the ideal ideal um, characteristics of an investment. And at scale, we typically look for those, especially in the healthcare drug development side, looking for unmet, uh, high-value unmet needs uh, that can still be uh, done, where drugs can still be developed on a modest amount of invested capital. So what is a typical investment for you in terms of size and, and the series and, and how you actually go about investing? At scale, we, we tend to be mid to late stage investors, and so um, we're looking for later stage product opportunities and go to market type situations. Uh, on the healthcare side, it's unique in, in drug development in that we can actually find later stage product opportunities, but still at early stage of company formation. And so, in fact, four out of the five healthcare deals in the current fund are actually Series A investments, but we're very late stage product opportunities or healthcare service opportunities, uh, phase three and beyond. Um, so we, those are our ideal investment spots. Uh, size of investments are anywhere from eight to $10 million as an initial investment, uh, looking to get upwards of $15 million over the, the complete life of a deal before we have an exit. What are the areas that are most interesting today to you? So we, we've been looking for uh, companies that may not be hitting diabetes head-on in terms of glucose-lowering agents, which would take a very significant amount of patients uh, to complete phase three. But we more so have been looking for treatments and uh, services that can go after the comorbidities of diabetes and obesity, such as wound healing clinics in, in a company of ours called National Healing, uh, treatments for uh, diabetic macular edema, an eye disease that affects diabetic patients, uh, so similar to their, that's being treated by our company, Alamira, and um, a company called Orexigen in our portfolio. It's developing a, uh, an oral treatment for um, obesity for, to lead to weight loss. So things, things that, uh, that work in that, that, that category. So in terms of your sweet spot for investing, this is, this is really the, those are the, really the key areas. Well, that's one of the key areas. Uh, we also have expertise in um, central nervous system disorders, or otherwise known as CNS, uh, things that um, are trying to go after the treatment of Alzheimer's disease, uh, Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease, uh, depression, anxiety, epilepsy, those, those categories. Uh, also have had an active uh, investment um, focus in the area of orthopedics. Uh, looking at regenerative technologies for uh, cartilage and uh, other uh, therapies that um, can, or medical devices and services that uh, can work in the orthopedic um, area. And the reason that's important, and the CNS piece as well, and even the metabolic areas, we've got this, this 
demographic trend that uh, the aging baby boomer population that uh, are all going to be moving to the over 60, over 15, over 60 age group that uh, really could uh, be benefited by these types of therapies. So what are the largest challenges you face today in biopharm investing? I'd say that the two largest challenges we have as healthcare investors, and they're not necessarily unrelated, um, are capital intensity or capital efficiency and also regulatory and reimbursement hurdles. Uh, the cost of drug development and medical device development has been increasing year over year and it has manifested itself into larger and larger equity raises by healthcare companies, which ultimately in the long run affect uh, return, venture returns uh, for those investors. That's because of the competitive nature of drug development in terms of patient recruitment, um, clinical trial costs, manufacturing costs. Uh, have all escalated. So trying to find management teams and clinical disease indications that allow for a much more reduced cost uh, of development and lead to capital efficiency is, is really what we've been looking for. And so I'd say that's one category of, of uh, risk or is issue that we have. The other one I'd say, and, and again, I, not unrelated, is the regulatory and reimbursement aspect of drug development and medical device development. The increased demands of the FDA agency, of the reimbursers uh, for broader, larger, and more complex uh, clinical development uh, has really been a big part of what's led to the increased costs of, of drug development and medical device development. So really trying to understand the changing landscape in there in, in those areas and uh, being able to find uh, or adapt current portfolios or find new opportunities that, uh, that can handle and uh, navigate their way through through those hurdles, I think, is an important part of healthcare investing today. What are the most typical challenges you feel an entrepreneur faces in looking for venture capital? Probably first and foremost is the ability to give up some control over their, their idea or their company. Uh, anytime you take on invest, uh, investment from venture uh, capital investors, you do cede some control and uh, some oversight under the company. What we also find is that uh, entrepreneurs that come looking for investment uh, in large part always want to be the CEO of the company when in fact that may not be the best uh, best role for them uh, in that particular for that particular time of the investment and so when um, when we actually give our insight and, and if it's not uh, if we, we if we don't think they should be the CEO of a company um, Sometimes that's not an easy thing to accept for a founder or an entrepreneur of a company. So that's that's something we have to wrestle with. And if if we don't believe they're the ones to run the company, but they do, we, we may just pass on the investment uh, altogether. Um, the other piece of it is just um, vision of the company. You know, we have entrepreneurs that come and have a, a, a goal of being an IPO public company and wants to go off in one direction, and we think it should be... Um, should broaden its exit opportunities, not so be so focused on IPO and maybe uh, offer a, have an M&A type route as well. And they, um, uh, it's sometimes hard to accept different viewpoints. And so anytime you take on venture investors, you are uh, broadening out the, the control and, uh, and uh, syndicate of the company. And so um, we have to work through that with investors and make sure we're all on the same page before we, we invest. Or what you have to also watch out for is even though the ones that might, again, if it's a case where a person may not be the appropriate, may have been the champion to get the company off the ground, but may not be the appropriate person to run the company as CEO, uh, 
even though they may agree with you when you tell them you'd like to start a CEO search after funding. Uh, I'd say a fair number of them also have aspirations that they'll be able to change your mind when you get in the investment and, and, uh, and it still can be sometimes a hard discussion uh, afterwards. You know, what we found on the healthcare side, which is interesting too, is uh, a number of times we've had entrepreneurs bring us highly technical um, drug development companies where they, they're essentially the CEO and have put the pieces together early on because of a um, family type situation where they were affected by the particular disease, um, but maybe in a, from a totally unrelated field, uh, technology, software, and still feel that they've got the capabilities to run uh, and be CEO of a company. And uh, in our minds, that's just, I think, a, a bit, uh, we prefer to get it right the first time and not have anyone learn on, on the venture capital dollars. So uh, that's, that, that's also a discussion we always try to make sure we have as well. I've been chatting with Lou Bach, Managing Director of Scale Venture Partners, and to the audience of Venture Perspectives, thank you for listening.